So that's it. <laughs> we can just go home. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. So we are in the forgiveness month. It's forgive and fulfill is the, is the theme for the month of December. And, you know, the Greek word, what is it? Aphiemi, I think is the word that they used in the Bible, literally means to let go. To let go. Isn't that lovely? That's what fulfill means, to let go. And Ernest Holmes said this. He said, whatever the mistakes of yesterday have been, today is a new creation turning from the errors of the past and no longer carrying with us the sorrows and the mistakes of yesterday. Today we enter into a new experience. But it's only when we forgive ourselves and everyone else that we may feel certain the weight of condemnation is lifted from our consciousness. But it's really a laying down. It's a releasing. It's a, it's a you know... It's a letting go, and you would think the, the, um, the mechanics, you know, the physics of letting go is easier than hanging on to stuff, you know? It takes a lot of energy to stay angry, doesn't it? It takes a lot, it takes a great deal of our personal power to, be in the, to stay stuck in the past. It takes a lot out of us to hang on to that stuff, you know? There's an old story about two Buddhist monks that were... Uh, traveling from one place to another, and it was an entire day's journey. And they were they were uh, con contemplative monks, and they were silent, and they were chaste. You know, they had taken vows of of um, <clears throat> celibacy, and they didn't speak to each other, and they didn't speak to women, and they didn't allow women to speak to them. And they were traveling silently in this whole day's journey. And shortly into it, uh, there was a woman at the side of the river, and she wanted to cross the river, but she was a little concerned that the, the river could sweep her away. She was frightened, and she asked the younger monk, as the two of them were passing by, if he could help her cross the river, and he said, why, certainly, <laughs> and he picked her up, and he carried her across the river, and he placed her on the other side, and then he went back over to the older monk that he was traveling with, and they kept uh, walking. They walked on their journey. And about six hours into the journey, right, into this whole day's journey, Finally, the older monk couldn't stand it anymore, and he was like, you know, you just shouldn't have done that. I'm so mad. Like, you just should not have done that. You talked to her. You picked her up. You touched her. You crossed the river with her. Yeah, you broke all of your vows. I can't believe that you did that. And the younger monk looked at the old one and said, I carried her for three minutes. You've been carrying her for six hours. Ernest Holmes said, the correct use of science of mind, we need to know that God holds nothing against anyone. Yes. Divine forgiveness is a necessary complement to divine givingness. And any sense of guilt that we have, any burden of condemnation we entertain, any mental state that weighs us down hinders us from more fully experiencing the nature of spiritual reality. Beating ourselves up doesn't help anything, anybody. It certainly doesn't help us along our spiritual path. Like I said, it takes a lot of energy to hang on to your bitterness, doesn't it? And anger and resentment. 
I remember one of the classes I took a long time ago, a long time ago in college. <laughs> we were, it, was, it was anatomy and physiology. But one of the things that they had us do was have, take a glass of water and hold a glass of water out like this. And that was it. I was like, no big deal. I can do that. Two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, a half hour. You know, after a while, holy moly, that thing gets heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. By the end of the experiment, oh my God, every muscle in my arm was hurting, you know? It was just like everything was sore. And yet, isn't that what we do every day? Isn't that what we do every day with our resentments? We, we pick them up, right? Brian McGill said this, they caused the wound, but you are causing the rest. This is not what forgiving does. They got it started, but you've kept it going. Forgive and let it go or it will eat you alive. You think they made you feel this way, but when you don't forgive, you are the one inflicting the pain on yourself. Right? So that's what we do every morning, right? We get out of bed. We pick up the resentments that we had left, left there on the side of the road, right? We pick them back up again in the morning, and we carry them around with us all day long. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. And again, I am not trying to make light of anyone's wounds, right? I mean, really horrible things happen to us in this journey we call life. People are capable of doing incredibly loveless things to each other. So I am not attempting to discount anyone's trauma. But I am inviting you not to stay there anymore. I am inviting you to open up to a greater sense of livingness. We cannot change the past. But we can heal the present and free ourselves up for the future, which is what we desire, isn't it? to step wholly into the future that we deserve. And in order to do that, we have to forgive. We have to. And that freedom, stepping fully, freely into our future, that freedom is found through forgiveness. So the first thing we want to do is we really want to acknowledge our wounds. Right? You really want to acknowledge what happens. I know it seems obvious, but, but it is something we have to do. We have to acknowledge our wounds. Sometimes we bury them, we cover them up, we toughen up, we move on, right? Don't we do that? You know? But here, let me tell you something. A buried wound is not a healed wound. Two different things. And buried wounds, don't they explode all over when you least expect it? Right? You overreact to a situation. You know, something little happens, and blam, you throw up all over everybody. It's because it's not a healed wound, it's a buried wound, right? You don't want to do that. Buried wounds blow up all over people who didn't do the crime. You know, that's really what happens. That doesn't help us heal. Burying it doesn't help it heal. The other thing we try to do. Right? If we're not busy burying it. The other thing we try to do is we try to enlist people in the story. Have you done that? Oh, man, I used to carry a briefcase around with me. La, 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 la. I'd open up that briefcase every single day. You know what this person did here? Let me give you this paperwork, you know. And this person did this to me and that person. We carry around our briefcase and we open it up and it's filled with paperwork for, for anybody who will listen, right? In 2011, he said this to me, and then I should have said, and he said, and then, you know, I would have said, and then on the evening of July 2nd, you know what he did? He did, 
Oh my God, and what do you think about that? It's awful, right? It's awful, right? Isn't it awful? <laughs> Agree with me, damn it, you know? <laughs> I've got this whole case against him. Come on. He's terrible and I'm right for being angry. And you want to enlist people in your story. They, you know, so they can walk along with you. And then there are the wallowers. You know, we ruminate, we think over and over and over and over and over again what happened and what he said and what I should have said and what he did and what I should. We get stuck in that feedback loop. Have you ever gotten stuck in that? Oh, God, your mind just keeps going over the same stuff, over the same stuff, over the same stuff. We just, we just don't move on. And every time there's a silent moment, right, every time the TV is off or the music has been shut off for the day, it's like you go right back to it. You go right back to it. Oh, my God. Here it's playing again in my mind. Over and over and over. And so we don't move on. We don't move on. So there you go. We have the stuffers, the enlisters, and the wallowers. Right? Those are the ways a lot of times we're dealing with our pain. And all of them are responses to our pain. All of them are responses to, you know, a wound being inflicted. All of them are perfectly normal ways in which we deal with things that happen to us. But, and, and all of them are phases we go through, right? Sometimes you do one, sometimes you do the other. But that's the point of it, is to go through it. The point is to go through it, not stay there. Don't build a house there, you know, in Wallowville. Population one, you, you know? Oh my God, you know, even people, people even get tired of hearing it, right? Oh, do you remember that guy? No, shut up, you know? Nobody wants to hear about it after about the third or fourth time you say it. But, but the idea of going through it is to go through it, to go through it. Feel those feelings and then move on. Ernest Holmes said healing is our birthright. He said healing is our birthright. So the idea of going through something is to go through it. Get out the other side to heal, to grow beyond those wounds as awful as they may have been. But as long as we are focused on our pain, we don't engage in the healing. As long as we stay stuck in the wallowing or, or in the enlisting or in the stuffing, as long as we stay engaged in those activities, we are not engaged with our healing and growing past it. So the first thing, again, so the first thing is to acknowledge the pain, to acknowledge the hurt, to acknowledge the woundedness. Something awful did happen. And then when we have faced our feelings, then we are more prepared, are we not, right, to move forward into the activity of forgiving. And it's so tough to forgive when you're right smack in the middle of the hurt. It's the last thing in the world you want to do is, is forgive the person who inflicted it, right? But after you have honored it, after you have come to the, feel your feelings, we are more prepared to move forward into the forgiveness. And part of forgiveness, I got to tell you, you're going to hate this. <laughs> what does they say? The truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off, right? <laughs> part of the forgiveness is canceling the debt. Canceling the debt. One of the reasons we get hurt is because we feel we have entered into an agreement with somebody. We've entered into a contract of behavior with someone who did not live up to their end, who did not live up to their part of the bargain, right? A spouse who's unfaithful, a parent 
who has mistreated us, a, a sibling or a friend who has betrayed a trust, and expectation went unfilled is what happened, right? And what do we know about expectations? Expectations are just resentments waiting to happen, <laughs> right? Whenever we have expectations of something and someone, just resentments waiting to happen. So there is this idea that we were owed something. We were owed something that never happened. We had an expectation of a behavior, of a relationship, of a whatever, and it didn't happen. This was supposed to happen, but it didn't, but this other thing happened. You owe me the right outcome. <laughs> you owe me something, right? Forgiveness means canceling that debt. That's never going to happen, right? You expected something, something else happened. You are never going to get that. Cancel the debt. It's for yourself. Forgiveness means canceling the debt. Because you know what it does? It moves us from victim to victor. It moves us into a different relationship with our lives. It takes a strong person to say, I'm sorry. It takes a stronger person to forgive. Right? You may never get the sorry, but you are still stronger in forgiveness. When we are in our woundedness, we are victims because we're at the effect of someone else's behavior, aren't we? Anytime we are in that woundedness, we are at the effect of someone else's behavior. When we take responsibility for how we're going to be, we have moved from victim to victor. Victims have no power. Victims are just at the effect of the, of the perpetrator. When we cancel the debt, that's our choice. That's our decision. We become the victors. We move from victim to victor. We're no longer at the effect of the wounding. Now we are choosers of our feelings and, and how we're going to refer to the incident and how we're going to respond to what happened. We get to decide the meaning it has in our life. We get to decide the meaning that that event had in our life. That, that's powerful. That is powerful. You know, and, 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 and part of that shift, part of that canceling the debt shift and becoming the victor, it, it, it means we stop thinking we need to control someone else's behavior. They need to apologize to me. Well, I'm just going to stay mad and angry until I get that apology. Well, you may never get the apology. Canceling the debt releases them him or her, right, and the behaviors that they engaged in. But in turn, it releases us, too, from our anger and our resentment. Remember, forgiving, forgiving is giving something up for something else. That's really what forgiving is about. It's, it, is, it is giving up one thing for another. When we forgive, we give up our anger for peace. Right? We give up our resentment for peace of mind. We give something up to spirit, and spirit then in turn fills us with peace. We don't want to go around angry and bitter and resentful our whole lives. What kind of a life is that? Right? And so even when we struggle with it, we know we can give it up. We can give it up to spirit. You know, we can surrender it, even if we don't know how that works. We just are filled with that desire to do that. We surrender 
We surrender. There's another word nobody likes to talk about. <laughs> but, but it's that idea that there is a greater sense of livingness for you on the other side of this anger and bitterness and resentment. So we surrender. We surrender the anger and the resentment and the bitterness. We surrender the right to get even, because, you know, we like to do that, don't we? We like to, enter, we like to even the score, damn it. I'm going to get back on that. No, we surrender the desire to get even. We surrender our negative thoughts about the person. That's a spiritual practice in and of itself. We surrender our negative thoughts about the person. We surrender our negative words about the person. You know, they say that um, you know you have forgiven when that person has a free passage through your mind, right? Safe passage through your mind. You know you have forgiven when that person has safe passage through your mind. You know you've totally surrendered and forgiven when not only does the person have safe passage through your mind, but you bless them as they go. Bless them as they go through. We forgive them. We give them up in exchange for peace, in exchange for love, in exchange for joy and contentment. And in giving up our beliefs about being unfairly treated, we free ourselves from the self-condemnation of our own unskilled behavior. Do you want me to say that again? <laughs> Giving up our beliefs about being unfairly treated, we free ourselves from the self-condemnation of our own unskilled behavior. Okay? At some level, we know we see ourselves in others. We see our own unskilled behavior in others. We have done things we probably haven't been too proud of in retrospect. And as we can see them, we can see ourselves, right? We always say that the universe is a reflection. The universe reflects back to us things that we, we love, things that we hate, and things that we are. And so we can look at that and think, well, we may, we may never have participated in that shameful behavior. That's awful. But we've probably exhibited some other kinds of unskilled behavior where we got messy all over somebody, where we maybe ha have performed poorly in our own past. We cannot see with the eyes of love. We cannot see with the eyes of spirit while we're busy beating ourselves up either. See, see how that works? We can't see others through the eyes of love, that unconditional love of spirit, while we're busy condemning ourselves. There are lots and lots of ways we fall short of our own expectations, of our own behavior for ourselves. And it's about self-forgiveness as well. Because when we're easier on ourselves, we can find it easier to forgive others, can't we? Right? When we're so hypercritical about ourselves, everybody else is doing a poor job as well. You know? Everybody else is failing the test they don't even know they're taking. Because, because we're so filled with self-condemnation. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, I have never yet known a person who completely came to forgive himself and to establish a right relationship with God who did not at the same time forgive everyone else. Most of our criticism of others comes from an unconscious rejection of the self. 
You know it's true, right? You can just hear that. You know you've done it. We've all done it. It's, it's absolute. Those things that we disown in ourselves, we can just absolutely see so perfectly in everybody else. We judge ourselves harshly. It's easy to be critical of others. It's easy. We condemn them like it's really easy because it's how we treat ourselves. Sometimes we will talk to ourselves in our own heads like we would never talk to another person, right? Do you say things to yourself you would never say out loud to another human being? Holy moly. Self-love, self-love. When we fall in love with our own life, with everything we are, with all of our skilled and unskilled behaviors, it's easy to forgive others. If we wholly accept ourselves, our skilled, our unskilled behavior, our highs, our lows, our positives, our negatives, everything about ourselves, it's easy to forgive others. Because what we see in them, we know in ourselves. And we're not so hard. We're not so hard on ourselves. You know, that self-forgiveness comes first, and then we can look out on a world where, you know, gee, everybody, everybody performs perfectly themselves, authentically themselves. Some people let us down. Some people, are, you know, fulfill our wildest dreams, whatever. We're all filled with all of it, the skilled and the unskilled. And when we have forgiven ourselves, it's easier to forgive, to forgive others. I had a friend who, who, who had a journal, and she wrote everything down all the time, everything, everything, everything. And um, she took it with her everywhere she went, and it had everything in it, all her hopes, her dreams, her fears, her weaknesses, her shortcomings, her angers, everything, everything in the journal. And she went to a breakfast, and she <laughs> forgot it, and she left it there. And um, she went back a couple of hours later when she realized she didn't have it, and it was gone. Someone had taken it, and she freaked out because she was like, oh, my God, now everybody, somebody, somebody that I don't even know knows everything about me, knows everything. Oh, my God, you know what I put in that book? Everything. Somebody knows everything about, about me. And, 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 you know, I said, I was like, great. You know what that means? You're free. You're free. Great. So somebody knows everything there is to know about you. You've got nothing to hide anymore. Yay. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing. You've got nothing to hide, nothing to cover up, nothing to be ashamed of. Somebody you don't even know knows everything about you. Isn't that great? Now you can start living out loud. You know, living out loud. There's nothing hidden. I love that. Ernest Holmes in 365 Science of Mind, he said this, we have thought that outside things controlled us when all the time we have had within, that could have changed everything and given us freedom from bondage. Everything we need is within us, everything. We, we, are, we are of the idea that we are first bound because God is freedom. And in that freedom, we are free to consider ourselves bound, absolutely. But, but here's, the, and here's the bottom line of all of this is that core concept one, that God is all there is. So who exactly is it we're condemning and forgiving? If there's only one life and it's God's life, everybody that's showing up, we are all part of this one life of God's, this energy, which is God. We may look like we are individuals, but we are individualized. We're individualized expressions of this whole life of God. And so to condemn someone else would be like the, the thumb trying to condemn the finger. 
You know, we're all the same at the root. We are all of the one life. There's only one of us in this room. <laughs> it's spirit. And it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful and individualized and, and diverse and authentic and, and becoming. We are always forever becoming. So there is no one out there. There is nothing else but God. There is no me and thee. There is only the one. There is only the one. Our freedom lies in our ability to forgive all of it, to forgive all of it, to forgive everything, to forgive as an ongoing basis, to forgive as a spiritual practice, to forgive for good, to forgive for good, right? What you, our good is forgiving. Our good is forgiving. Absolutely. Our freedom is in our ability to forgive. Thank you so much. Wow. 